All right, playmakers, big news. The 2023 version of my What's Working in the Indoor Play Industry Guide is here. To learn about exactly what is working best right now for real-life currently operating indoor playground owners, head to the show notes to download my fully updated free guide. That's right. Even if you've downloaded one of my What's Working guides in the past, you will not want to miss this new version made specifically with what's trending and fresh for 2023 in mind. Head to the show notes for the direct link or go to michellecarawana.com slash what's working to get the guide in your inbox right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers. Well, it's hard to believe it, but it's already May. And that means field trip season is upon us. Just the other day, I chaperoned my son's second grade field trip to the Science Museum. And it was a hectic day to say the least. And it got me thinking about the various requests that we would get at our indoor playground facility regarding field trips from daycares and preschools as well as what worked and what definitely didn't. Because this is the beginning of the slowest open play season here in New York and for many other states and areas across the globe. And I know here in New York, at least, we are just now getting some days that are worthy of outside play. And since we've been cooped up inside here since November, you'd pretty much have to drag us inside during May and June. We're still attending indoor parties and things like that, but in terms of just choosing an activity for a random Saturday or a weeknight, you know, just forget about it. You will catch us outside only. Now, once that July heat sets in, that's a different story, and we're definitely looking for places inside to cool down, but May and June in particular are very slow here for open play. And if that's true for you as well, you might be considering some ways to bring in revenue and traffic, including field trips and group rates. Now, I will say we did try to allow groups and field trips during open play hours several different times. And This just did not work out well for anyone involved for a few reasons and space restrictions that were really working against us. And there are three that I thought of off the top of my head in particular. The first was our size. So we were only 2,500 square feet and our play area was just over 1,000 square feet, meaning we could really only safely accommodate around 20 to 25 kiddos in the play area at any given time. Now, of course, this is going to depend on the ages and the sizes of the kiddos. So, you know, 25 preschoolers definitely take up a space differently than 25 crawling babies, but our size definitely worked against us when it came to accommodating field trips, especially when you're talking about during open play hours, because even in May and June, it's unpredictable. So even though those months are typically much, much slower in terms of open play traffic, 
If we get a rainy day, we are all of a sudden packed again. So that makes it hard to plan things in advance. So just keep that in mind. And then number two was the age that we cater to. So we were mainly a space for babies and toddlers. And yes, preschoolers often enjoyed our space as well, but we were definitely geared towards the little ones. And anytime we got a field trip request, it was typically from a preschool. And if we had, again, 20, 25 preschoolers in our facility, if there were any babies crawling around or any members or anything like that, they would be completely overwhelmed, get really frustrated and leave. And that would give them a very negative experience. And considering almost 80% of our members had kids under the age of three, this was something that we really had to be sensitive of. So again, sometimes we would offer field trips to preschoolers, but again, I'm going to talk about what we did as an alternative to offering field trips during open play in just a minute. But we just couldn't make it work considering memberships was a huge revenue stream for us. And we wanted to keep our members happy to keep that retention rate and recurring revenue up. And then also, if we were to say do a field trip with a daycare or something like that, that did, you know, have kiddos that were in the under three range, which is really what our space was geared towards. Those ages of kiddos need a lot more attention than the group leaders were often able to provide. The unfortunate reality is that daycares and early childhood centers are often understaffed. And in my experience, they'll usually do a four to one ratio if they're a daycare or something similar, visiting a space like an indoor playground. And if these kids are under three years old, I guarantee you at any given time, one of those four kiddos that that adult is supposed to be watching is going to need to use the bathroom, is going to need a snack, is going to have a meltdown, kind of leaving those other three kiddos to wander the space themselves. And again, if we're talking about a closed off field trip where it's just those kiddos enjoying the space, that's one thing. But if there are just kids running rampant all over without close supervision while other you know, open play customers and members are trying to also enjoy the space, again, that's not going to be a great or really even a safe experience for anyone involved. And then lastly, number three was our lack of a classroom. So if you have a classroom or a flex space built into your space that can be closed off, you probably already have thought about offering field trips and things like that. And you're going to have a much easier time than we did. I know for our second location, we were absolutely able to accommodate preschools and field trips and groups because of this classroom. So we would set up crafts and events and classes and entertainment and things like that because we could keep those children contained. And so we didn't need to worry about the adult to child ratio or safety or anything like that quite as much. So again, those were three things that were really working against us when it came to accommodating field trips. Now, again, if you're a bigger space with a classroom and you're able to allow these larger groups during your open play hours, that's amazing and the more power to you. But if the idea makes you a little uneasy or if you just aren't set up to accommodate these groups like we weren't able to, 
this episode is for you. And I wanted to give you ideas of some alternative ways that you can still work with these schools and groups without scaring away all of your members and open play customers and without putting anyone's safety at risk. And I have eight different ideas that I'm going to go through pretty quickly. But if you want me to expand or dive deeper into any of these, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram. My account is linked in the show notes. The first, and this is what we did most often, and that was offering field trips in the afternoons. So you can close early for your open play hours in the months of May or June or whenever your area sees the greatest amount of field trips. And we would typically close around one. We wouldn't do a full cleanup for field trips because, you know, it's not like a birthday party. It's a little bit more easygoing. The teachers and the leaders aren't really expecting a completely spotless space for themselves or anything like that, right? There's no parents that we're trying to really impress or anything like that. So we would close at one and allow the groups to come in from like one to three or one to four. Now, this isn't going to work for every preschool or every daycare program, but this is what worked for us. And again, keep in mind, You don't need to accommodate every single school's hours or anything like that. You can choose five to work with that are flexible in terms of hours. And daycares are going to be a little bit better to accommodate this because pickup time is most commonly around five or six o'clock for those facilities. So again, you can close early for your open play customers and allow field trips in the afternoon. And you can charge a private party rate. You can kind of figure out one-on-one with that daycare or preschool owner, what's going to work best for them if they need food or anything else included. Number two is in-school play days. So you can actually organize on-site play days and bring a mobile playground or soft play setup to schools where you set up your structures or your class or activity or interactive games in the school gymnasium or an outdoor space or something like that. This allows children to enjoy a similar play experience while staying within their school environment. So this can be very attractive to schools. If they're doing a field day or something similar, reach out to them and offer your services. They have a budget for this type of thing. And if you're able to bring all of the supplies and all of the equipment to them, it's going to save them so much time and effort and honestly, probably money in coordinating all of this themselves and investing in all of the equipment and supplies themselves. So reach out to schools in your area and offer your services. Number three is playdate packages. So if you just can't seem to accommodate schools during hours that they need for whatever reason, you know, if you don't want to go on site to them or if you don't want to close early for open play, you can ex- instead offer exclusive playdate packages during off-peak hours for mom groups or similar organizations. So in our area, there are groups like MOPS, so Mom of Preschoolers, or even Facebook groups that have the network and resources to organize such an event. So I know in our area, we have all sorts of parenting groups. We have breastfeeding groups. We have baby wearing groups. We have just, you know, moms of Buffalo and things like that. You can reach out to the admins and say, Hey, if you're interested in offering your group, a special discounted rate, if you get, you know, let's say 10 or more families to participate, we're willing to do it from this day, from this time. And again, you can close early for this 
And this allows them to have that dedicated time slot to enjoy your indoor playground facility without the presence of other customers. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, this ensures a safe and controlled environment for the kiddos and a more relaxing experience for the parents attending. And this is a great opportunity for the admins to offer something special as a thank you to all of their group members because, again, you're giving them a group discount. All right, number four is enrichment programs. So you can try and develop educational and interactive programs that align with school curriculum. So this can be Montessori-based. It can be more geared towards the public school environment. You can reach out to play-based schools. But these programs could focus on topics such as physical education, team building, creativity, speech, problem solving, incorporating elements of play with in a structured learning environment. So this is another one where you're coming to them and it's more education focused. And this option may be extra accessible or attractive to you if you have any special training or a background in education. I know for my son's school, for example, he goes to a school that is specifically geared towards children with speech developmental delays. And they get people all the time, whether it's an occupational therapy group or they have therapy dog groups come in and they'll do activities, especially in the spring and summer. So reach out to these schools that might be interested in setting up these events. All right, number five is themed play events. Now we talk about these basic types of events all the time on this podcast and on my YouTube channel, but Instead of a field trip, you can host special themed play events or workshops that cater to different age groups or special interests. So for example, you can organize a science themed day with hands-on experiments and games or a superhero themed event with, you know, superhero activities and costumes, or you can do character events like I've talked about plenty of times on this podcast. But again, you can still offer things to schools and reach out to them. And you can do these on the weekends where parents come or something like that. Or you can close and do these types of classes or themed play events in the afternoons that are kind of geared towards parents who maybe hit up the playgrounds or the parks or the zoos in the morning and are looking for something to do in the afternoon or after preschool pickup or something like that. And then number six is you can partner with other venues. So reach out to collaborate with other local places such as art museums, art studios, science centers to create a joint program. This allows for a really diverse range of activities and gives children the opportunity to explore different environments while still enjoying aspects of indoor play. Plus, this allows both businesses to expand their reach and potential customer base, which is always a win-win for both parties. So again, if you have a mobile playground or a soft play setup, reach out to an art museum or something like that and say, hey, I see that you're teaching this really great art camp or this art class. How would you feel about incorporating physical play with that sensory play or with that more focused art activity, or maybe a lot of siblings want to tag along that maybe aren't into the art activity. This can be a great service to these art studios or science museums and allow them to give their customers a much better experience. And I found it's often a lot easier to get money and these bigger price tags because, you know, mobile setups do have 
a higher price tag because you have transportation, you have setup, you have cleanup, you have to stay there typically and supervise and get people to sign waivers. So it is a little bit expensive. I found that it's much easier to get businesses to pay the premium for these mobile events and services than it would be for a private party or just a regular family. So keep that in mind. And then number seven is outdoor adventure or game programs. So you can extend your offerings to include outdoor adventure programs such as nature hikes, treasure hunts, or outdoor play areas. This way, children can experience both indoor and outdoor play opportunities as part of their school activities. I know Jeremy from Playbound in Chicago is doing this type of thing right now with schools in the area and gaining a great following as a result. So he has a bunch of physical games and he'll come and set up at different schools and at different groups, and it allows him to begin developing revenue as well as working relationships with schools and other facilities before his physical space is even complete. So he's going to be head and shoulders above other businesses when it comes to, again, getting the revenue ball rolling, building an email list, building a customer base, and building a reputation for himself and for his business. And then finally, number eight is parent appreciation nights. So if you really want to work with schools or daycares, but again, just can't seem to allow them to visit during the hours that they would need to for a field trip, consider reaching out to them as a potential host for a family appreciation night for them or an end of the year bash. I know for both of my kids, their preschools, which were Montessori preschools, they rented out venues or pavilions for a kind of moving up ceremony before kindergarten. And indoor playgrounds are the perfect choice for this because no one attending or planning will need to worry about the weather or allergies or looking after siblings or anything like that. And these things can often put a damper on spring and early summer activities. Plus, as I mentioned before, preschools and daycares and similar businesses likely have budgets set aside for end-of-year activities or occasional mingling nights for families. So keep that in mind as well. And you don't have to restrict your thinking to just preschools and daycares. You can reach out to car dealerships, financial advisors, real estate um. Uh, real estate agents or companies or anything like that and say, hey, I noticed that you serve a lot of local families. If you're looking to have a customer appreciation event or put a presentation on or anything like that, and you want to be sure that the parents are in an environment where the kids can kind of play, maybe do a supervised activity or craft, and you can kind of give the parents the information that they need to know or just show that you care about them and that you care about supporting local families our venue would absolutely love to host your event. So again, you don't have to think inside this box of daycares and preschools. There are so many different businesses in your area that are looking to expand their reach. And maybe it's a dentist office or a pediatrician's office, and they just don't have the office space to set up for an event like this or an open house or something like that. So reach out to anyone that might be interested. Again, anyone that serves local families because it's much easier to get these higher price tags for the private parties and private events or private presentations from businesses as opposed to families or private parties. 
All right. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope it got your wheels turning again about some alternatives instead of field trips. If you're just not set up to offer them, like we weren't able to offer them. Um, And again, if you have any questions, if I missed anything, if you have any suggestions or a question you'd like me to answer or a topic you'd like me to cover, please feel free to message me on Instagram. My profile is linked in the show notes. My YouTube channel is also linked. I have a ton of new exciting videos there. So let me know. I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you right back here in your feeds on Friday. Have a great rest of your week, Playmakers.